You wake up late one cold December morning. You're excited because the day before you finished your last final exam, and now you can finally start Christmas break. So you go downstairs and you pour yourself a hot cup of coffee with a little bit of maple syrup because you listen to the science behind that. And while you're sitting there drinking your coffee, you realize you have a sore throat and a deep, wet cough. So you think to yourself, well, that's odd because this isn't the common cold, but I haven't been near anyone who's sick. So you go and see your doctor and your doctor diagnoses you with a case of bacterial bronchitis. So he gives you a course of antibiotics and he tells you to finish the entire course. Otherwise, you could run the risk of developing a drug-resistant infection. But what exactly are drug-resistant infections? And what is the science behind antibiotics? Let's talk about that on today's episode of The Science Behind That. Welcome to The Science Behind That with Atticus Hamilton. Hello, all you scientists, and welcome on back to The Science Behind That podcast. I hope all of you guys are having a wonderful Monday morning. I know I am. Um, I don't know about you guys, but it finally got cold where I live, which is awesome. I love the cold. I always have, and I think I always will. Um, But, you know, it it finally got cold where I live, and I think just this morning when um, when I woke up and went outside, it was like... 18 degrees outside, which 18 Fahrenheit, um, which is which is just really really nice. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, you know, as you heard in the intro today, we're going to be talking about antibiotics, and I think antibiotics are it's 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 really interesting to me, um, being a microbiology dude, um, but it's something that we've all had experience with, but. The question as to what are antibiotics is very rarely, um, you know, answered in any great detail. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Sorry, I uh, had to take a sip of coffee there. Also, um, before we get started, I'd like to invite all of you guys to go grab yourselves a steaming hot cup of coffee and add a little bit of maple syrup to it. Not too much, but just enough to keep those autumn flavors in there and that spice that everyone needs to add to their life. So antibiotics are really interesting. So I think most people will agree that an- that the birth of antibiotics kind of started with um, the invention of penicillin by Alexander Fleming uh, around the time of ni- around the time frame of 1928, um, and I-, I think everybody's at least heard the story of how penicillin was discovered. You know, it was a big accident. Um, Mr. Fleming left to go on vacation, and he found one of his cultures of, um, I believe it was either E. coli or Staphylococcus, um, was just covered with this fungus, and that's, you know, he, he saw this big zone of inhibition, and, and in microbiology, what a zone of inhibition is, is it's a clean zone on an otherwise covered agar plate of bacteria that is a really good indication that there's some sort of 
um, cytotoxic action going on there. And in the case of penicillin, the fungus penicillin was producing the antibiotic penicillin. And so these days, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of different classes of antibiotics. You have beta lactams, cephalosporins, fluoroquinolones, lincosamides, macrolides, penicillins, tetracyclines, urinary anti-infectives, and then you have um, trimethoprim and sulfamex. I can never say this one. Sulfamethoxyl, sulfamethoxyls. Um, and every one of those drug classes acts on different things. So, for example, penicillin is primarily um, used to act on the cell wall of um, gram-positive bacteria, um, whereas sulfamethoxyls are used more for metabolism um, and inhibiting metabolic pathways in certain um, other groups of, of bacteria. Um, and before we get too involved with this, let, let's first break down the two big groups of bacteria. So in the bacteria world, I guess there's three. In the, in the bacterial world, you have three main groups of bacteria um, but one of those three main groups doesn't really cause disease, but we will touch on them. So the first group are gram-positive bacteria. Now, gram-positive bacteria, they are bacteria that have a very, very thick cell wall on the outside of them. You could think of these bacteria as, as I don't know, if you've ever, if you've ever taken like um, an old-school Advil, where it was in one of those big capsules. That's kind of what um, gram-positive bacteria look like. They have a very thick outer cell wall, and that cell wall is composed of a molecule called peptidoglycan. And um, I'll spare you the um, the biochemistry of, of why the cell wall in gram-positives is thicker than the cell wall in gram-negatives, but the important thing is that the important thing to know is that the organization of the structure of a gram-positive bacteria is um, cell membrane and then cell wall, basically. And the cell wall is the outermost part of that bacteria. And then you have gram-negative organisms. And gram-negative organisms have a cell wall, but it's really thin, and it is an internal cell wall. So you have a cell wall that's basically sandwiched between an inner membrane and an outer membrane. And um, from a, I guess from a molecular perspective, the structure of the cell wall in the gram-negative organism is going to be very, very different than the structure of the cell wall in the gram-positive organism. And uh, um because of that, you need different drugs to affect different um, different bacteria. Again, more coffee. Um, so ultimately, um, antibiotics are, I guess they're a large category of of drugs that are designed to target various things on bacteria. 
Some target cell wall synthesis. Others target membrane repair. Others still target, you know, DNA replication, as we see with sulfamethoxyl. <laughs> I, I can never say that one. But um, as we see with sulfamethoxyl, that targets more the DNA repair mechanism and the metabolism mechanism. Beta-lactams target uh, cell wall synthesis, same with penicillins. And so all of these different drugs target different things in bacteria, and some are going to be effective against gram-positives, and others are not going to be effective against uh, gram-positives. So it really kind of depends on what you're talking about. And then, of course, our last group is, I think, my my favorite uh, group of bacteria, and those are called mycoplasmas. And I encourage all of you guys to go look up mycoplasmas, especially if any of you scientists out there are like in high school um, or in high school, um, I don't know, biology classes or intro college biology classes or something, or even if you're in upper division um, biology classes, I encourage all of you guys to look up mycoplasmas because they kind of shake shake up everything we know about bacteria and ask your professors about it. Be like, well, you know, professor, you say all bacteria have um, cell walls, but what about mycoplasmas? Mycoplasmas are really, really interesting, and uh, they're, they're my personal favorites, but they're for another talk. So if we know in a rough sense then, ladies and gentlemen, if we have a rough idea of what antibiotics are, then what is why are doctors so concerned with um, with drug resistance? And what even is drug resistance? And the SparkNotes definition, I guess, of drug resistance is a bacteria or a group of bacteria over time, a species of bacteria over time, developing mechanisms to counteract the effects of our antibiotics. And that's due to two things. The first thing I think is intuitive, which is an excessive antibiotic drug use in humans, right? You know, you go to the doctor with a cold, and I remember when I was a little kid, it was a huge deal, you know, when you we, when you went to the doctor, even if you had a cold, the doctor would still prescribe you antibiotics. But nowadays, um, it's not as common, and the and the concern is drug resistance, because people have a tendency of stopping taking their antibiotics once they start to feel better. And I've done this. I think we all have, and I know. Some of you listeners out there have done this. Um, but I think we've all done this, you know. We're sick. Maybe we have strep throat or something. We're sick and then, we, you know, we get like amoxicillin and we start taking it. And after the fourth day, we feel so much better and so we stop taking it. That is what causes drug resistance. And the reason that causes drug resistance is because... If you have an antibiotic that says you need to take two pills PO or orally by mouth um, every day for five days and you stop after three days, what happens is that drug was designed so that after five days, 
the majority of the pathogenic bacteria in your body have been eliminated. But if you stop after three days, then essentially you've killed off all the weakest bacteria and you've left the strongest and the strongest will multiply. And then let's say a week later you pick up the same course of antibiotics, but you don't complete it again. Then again, you kill off the weakest and then the even stronger survive. And that's how over time you develop drug resistance. And then the other way that drug resistance was created was through antibiotics in the agricultural industry. Now, I'm sure all of you have gone through the supermarket and seen like, uh, I don't know, the, the, the pieces of chicken that say like all farm fresh raised chicken, antibiotic free, whatnot. That's important because we put antibiotics in uh, animal feed and the animals eat those that eat that feed with the antibiotics in them and then that just does the same thing in the animal that I described in the humans. The only difference is you can get that extremely drug resistant bacteria that the animal had. You can get that if you improperly cook your meat or if it gets on your hands. And that is why um, by the year 2050, if everything goes business as usual, they predict around 10 million people will die a year from superbug infections or extremely drug-resistant bacterial infections. So ladies and gentlemen, I'm not one to end on very sad notes like this. So what is the remedy? Well, in my opinion, the remedy is bacteriophage therapy. Now, what are bacteriophages, you ask? Bacteriophages, I think, are the coolest viruses you will ever encounter in your life. And if my virology professor is, is listening to this episode, I'm sorry. I just, I like prokaryotic viruses more than eukaryotic viruses. But anyway... Bacteriophages are viruses that infect only bacteria and they kill the bacteria. And in the early 1900s, a man by the name of Felix Durrell pretty much discovered bacteriophages and showed that they could be used as a therapy to treat both normal bacterial infections and drug-resistant infections. However, because of a course of history that I'm not going to talk about on today's episode, just because of how long it is, it's a long story. Um, unfortunately, phage therapy was not adopted by most countries in the West. There are a few exceptions, but most countries in the West did not adopt phage therapy. The exception is we use phage therapy in deli meats. Now, I'm sure... Any single one of you who have who's been to a supermarket has seen like, you know, the meat cabinets with the mist being sprayed all over the meat or like the lunch meat, the deli meat area, again, with like the mist being sprayed over it. Have you ever wondered what that mist is? That mist is a cocktail of of bacteriophages or, or bacterial viruses that um, are sprayed on the meat. So they will infect salmonella if there's salmonella there. They will infect and kill E. coli, Staphylococcus aureus, any sort of bacteria that's commonly found on meat. 
and these cocktails of um, bacteriophages are specially created and sold to grocery stores to be used like that. The unfortunate thing is these things have applications in human medicine, but for some reason a majority of Western nations still will not adopt them, even though in my professional opinion and in the opinion of, of many others before me, they hold the cure to our antibiotic uh, crisis and our drug-resistant superbug infection crisis. So ladies and gentlemen, that concludes today's episode of The Science Behind That. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I hope you now have something to go into finals week with, you know, to tell your friends as like a fun fact or whatnot. Um, I hope you enjoy my podcast. And uh, as usual, ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful Monday. Have a great rest of your week. And remember, stand up and question everything. Thank you.